0: welcome to the chop liver podcast we are your hosts amay and elise and today we are doing a book recommendation mashup where we're going to learn how to think and steal like an artist
1: our first book recommendation was um the artist's way And it was effectively a how-to or self-help scenario on how to unleash your creativity and how to um, develop that um, through a process of, like a course, effectively. And this episode, we want to continue how we um, deal with ourselves as creatives, I guess.
0: We just kind of delve more into trying to self-help ourselves into a realm of creativity. And we've got some really cool books. And one of the books we actually had one of our listeners recommend to us. So we thought we would jump right at it. So Elise, why don't you tell us about the book that you chose and what you love about it? So the book that I have in this episode is Think Like an Artist um, by Will Gompretz. It is how to lead a more creative and a productive life. And what I really love about this book is that he takes... Um, kind of real life scenarios of all the artists that he has spoken about, learnt about. So he is the art editor for the BBC and he was also the director of uh, Tate Media for quite a while. Wow, fancy. Fancy man, fancy Mm -hmm. man. And he just because he's been surrounded by all these incredible artists and learnt about them for all these years, he compiled a list of traits that artists have and that creative people have. So he's looking at artists like Picasso um, to Bridget Riley um, Gilbert and George and just finding all these characters that these successful artists have and kind of put them all together in this beautiful quirky book and he says that these are not just traits for creative people because as we all know everyone's a creative and deep down everyone's an artist. Is just trying to release that creativity into the world, but he says that these are skills and attributes that everyone can use, and I think it's a it's a good read. Mm-hmm. And what do you have for us? So I have "Steal Like an Artist" by Austin
1: Leon. So this is the most amazing book, and from I I saw it, I think in a friend was reading it in. Yes, what was this year 2014 maybe and I saw it and it's such an appealing cover it's a black cover with like marking marker writing text on it so I just loved that but I never read it and then I was traveling to New York and then I found it at the Strand bookstore and I was like okay no I'm gonna have to buy I'm gonna buy this book and gonna read this book and it was it was sincerely one of the best things that I'd ever done but so Austin Kleon is a New York Times best-selling author, and he actually all his he's written five or six books now, and all of his books deal with how to cope with creativity in today's world. So it's a mashup between being digital and functioning analog, and just yeah, how do you navigate that? But also similarly to what you love about your book, I love that this book is also for everyone. It's not just for those who consider themselves to be artists there are, I've researched a lot of people who would recommend it to architecture students or a writer or just someone, anyone who wants to kind of carry on with creativity because it's so basic and it's such a small book, you can actually just read it in a morning if you just quickly want to kind of carry on and get some inspiration from dealing with it. But I found it very helpful and actually my first print series was made after I'd read this book and I was like, okay, cool, there's no... There's no bullshit now. You have to like carry on doing it. Exactly. So I love this book and I think that for people who do consider themselves artists or not artists or just someone who wants to be a bit more creative, yeah, get this book.
0: And I think with, with these books and with all kind of your creative books and how to deal with creativity and whether it's the artist way or whether it's many others like these. I think artists and creative people in general we still have no idea what it means to be creative or be artists there's no firm definition and maybe it's a mixture of imposter syndrome of Mm -hmm. being a creative and knowing that you're not alone in that journey of maintaining your creativity or finding your creativity these books are so helpful Mm. and just learning more about what it means to be a creative person
1: totally and I think everyone I was having a conversation with someone about this last night is that we all like so many people think that they are not creative but it's it's the most basic thing that we translate uh, when we are children is like a creative language because that's the only way we know how to communicate other than using words so I just love that and I love that we kind of carry on researching, like what it is about, and and through our research, we found that many of these books are for everyone. It's not, and it's not specific to artists. It's just people, and we'll talk about this just now. But it's people who classify themselves as artists or not artists who kind of deal with it. But if anyone could read this book and it is functional, because I think this the titles of these books, ending with artist, is quite. Um, daunting you know like oh you know I'm not an artist so that's not gonna be worthwhile for me but actually it's an encouragement for everyone to consider ourselves as being an artist in one way or another as we've spoken about many times before not just a painter but maybe someone who makes beautiful candles or furniture or food or whatever so I I really like
0: that. The realm of creativity Mm -hmm. and artists is a never-ending one and one of the Common threads through both of these two books is the word steal, and it's in Austen's cover, but Will mentions it where it's just a statement that arts is steal. That's what we do, criminals. We're criminals, <laughs> smooth criminal. And so, what Will states about stealing is that. And I know that Austin mentions it as well as like, there really are no more original ideas. Mm-hmm. You know what? If thought of it, something someone's already done it. It's happened. It exists. How Will speaks about it is that it's about taking ideas, stealing ideas. And he says that there's quite a difference between copying and stealing copying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require any imagination or creativity. It's really just about taking it from copy and paste it. There it is. But when he refers to stealing, it's about possession. It's about owning, and that demonize. I know, it sounds way more intimidating. Yeah, um, and it's then you have the responsibility because you, now you've taken this mm. object. Well, in he turns, you've taken these ideas, and for him, it's about taking ideas from different artists and kind of drawing them together, and most importantly, then disrupting these ideas. So right then you're altering them, you're changing them because we need those influences because I think art and creativity, it can't exist in a void, it just Mm -hmm. doesn't. And it's by looking at these ideas by artists such as Picasso, such as William Kendridge and Diane Victor, you're like, okay, wow, these ideas and these concepts and you're taking these and you're making them your own. Mm -hmm. So there he kind of uses the word stealing in a way more magical um, romantic sense of stealing
1: ideas. Right, right. and Austin Kleon, he speaks about, I love what he says now, is um, embracing influence and freeing yourself from the idea of originality because originality doesn't exist. Everything that's hap- that can happen has happened, in a sense, although we're living in a time where new things happen all the time. But um, it's actually just a regurgitation of things that have happened before and the way that we say them or portray them is in a different way. So it's Artists are like the translators of situations for a specific audience. So we are not the same as the Victorians. So whatever love language they had needs to be um, communicated to us in a different way. And I just love that what he says that of freeing yourself from the concept of an original idea. But it's actually an adaptation or refreshing of a certain idea, but in a new kind of language, so I like that. I think that many artists struggle that, I know I struggle with that, as well. you know, like I want to make something that's real, that's new, that's you know something that hasn't been done before, but it's all been done before, but you're going to always look to, as you were saying, also your influences as a, a point to start from, as somewhere to, to journey from, um, it's not going to come to you on, on your own. And that's why if you're sitting on your own, like a black hole, um, like many of us maybe have done in during the lockdown, um, I know that I get very um, energized by conversations with people, interesting things that they've read or that they've, you know, maybe a lot through the gallery that people, what they've experienced. And then you go and you're like, oh gosh, this is incredible. Like now I can, maybe I've learned a new printmaking making technique. Now I'm going to go do that at home. But if you're sitting at home, not actually dealing with anyone not really having a
0: conversation. There's just nothing to work from. And I think that comes to where both books speak about, like those influences that you get in. And what I love about within this book that Will writes is that he uses kind of real-world scenarios of different artists, and then you get the influences from that. And like you said, we're getting so much less physical interaction with people and I mean both of us we really get a lot of our influence like you said from engaging with people talking to people but what I found which has been a great turn of events is making use of something um, that we all have on our phones is our wonderful Instagram is that engaging with a lot of people on that platform but engaging with people that really influence and inspire me so I follow for example all these incredible book binders around the world and by actually engaging with what they're producing out in the world, you get that engagement back. And it's this wonderful uh, shared experiences and and just influence in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have those moments of like, oh, that idea came up and let's just run with it. Because I think that that light bulb moment of like idea and inspiration, I think it's a bit romanticized where it doesn't really happen that often. Of Like that original idea, like, oh, my word, I just came up with the. Yeah, it will happen in passing every now and again. But I think it's through who you're surrounding yourself with and your influence that build up these ideas. And you're like, okay, wow, let's run with this. Let's see how far this goes. Totally. And I think that
1: there's a, a, a network of appreciation as well that keeps you going on Instagram, which I find um, really inspiring. And people speak about, when you watch these crazy documentaries about the social network and how bad it can be that people put so much of um, the acceptance in Social media from a social perspective, or how you frame yourself, but that's that's bad. But I think from a creative perspective, when you have the right people on your profile, you're connecting with them, as you were saying. Um, there's a network of appreciation that keeps you going, um, and that you actually providing not only for yourself but for your audience as well and getting feedback from them and say oh this is cool this would be great or you know comparing notes and actually you are able these days to build a network online of people that support you and I know that you've done it with your book binding business which is just so amazing to me that that's manifested a kind of a life of its own but it's also through the support that you've Got from that, and a colleague of mine said that she watches your bookbinding videos from start to finish. They're not boring; they are like because it's so unusual as well, but not to your network of people that are on your Instagram. So I, I, I love that that's happening. The, um, the appreciation network, um, on your Instagram, and then I suppose the influencers also come through us pretending to be our heroes. Like for me. The one artist I'm looking at right now, not just me, I'm sure hundreds of people, thousands of people looking at him, but David Hockney, I love the um, simplicity. This is the his main thing, is a simplistic way that he um, is able to extract from the world around him and to make images that are like line-based drawings and then develop them further from there. And to me, that was such an epiphany from trying to overcomplicate things. You know, we draw from life. I hate drawing from life because it's so like, It's such a, oh God, I can't do this. But to look at something and say, okay, the most basic form, what does your face look like? Or what do your eyebrows look like? Or what are your taking elements and just extracting the most basic thing of it? And actually what happens, I've done it now a few times, but what happens is the most amazing translation, like illustrative image that comes through. If you just trust the fact that you know what something looks like and that you can do it in its most basic form, because I'm not a realist, but... Trusting it worked for David Hockney. I ain't know David Hockney, but I have seen the his method of translation and how it serves me, and and I, I really like that. And I think that that for me is like a big thing of following your influences and working with what they have. So I'm not copying his imagery, but I'm using his method in order to produce images that are for me interesting.
0: You're stealing what's useful. It's Following your influences and kind of like stealing ideas, they kind of they mash up in like this weird little love child, where it's you're you're taking bits and bits and you're learning from all these different people, and you're not like okay I'm going to be David Hockney. It's like no, I'm taking these. I wish <laughs> one day. I don't really want to be a <laughs>
1: British old man, but you know. But we still a, love you from David an Hockney. artist from <laughs> an artist's perspective. He is like the most incredible artist
0: that's the thing and you you like you said you follow your heroes and it's it's not about copying and it's not about being that person and it's not about being these artists or these other book binders but it's like oh wow they're taking these steps and they're really you can see what they're making you see what they love and it's like these are the attributes that I want to follow so you're like okay cool let's focus oh he's focusing like on the line drawing let's dive into that and it's stealing in the right way and it's mm-hmm. Being aware of how you're then, like you said, translating these ideas. And then through that, you're building your own artistic voice and style. Mm.
1: And you're internalizing the way that your heroes look at the world and the things that they have brought together. And you're like, wow, okay, this is a point of departure. And now I'm going to take something from this person that I love and that person that I love and make make something beautiful. The one thing that you spoke about that I just love also is um, disrupting ideas of our influences. And the one thing that Austin Cleon writes about, which I really love, is that he was saying that he um, went to see Jurassic Park um, when he was 10 years old and he didn't really like the ending. And then he started rewriting an ending, um, which he later realized becomes like fan fiction. Um, and I I love the analogy of that because all of us watch a film and or have watched a film where we didn't like the ending and we were like, oh, it would have been so cool if this would have happened or that would have happened. But so few of us actually go and take that and, and use it as a, a prompt to to make something or to come up with an alternative ending. So the writers of fan fiction, you, I know you and Marcus are like big fan fiction readers. I don't know if you write fan fiction, but that to me is just such an interesting thing. We all have the ability to do that, but the difference between the common people let's call them the common people with no disrespect and people who call themselves artists is that the artists actually go out and go and apply themselves their thoughts to something that's translatable onto a sheet of paper through writing or through language or through taking a concept and developing it into something that that's tangible and that people can observe and that you can share with the world and I think that that's quite for me a profound thought that we all have the ability but the difference between artists and
0: others is that their ability to to do the work and to make it happen. So follow through with the disruptive idea. So what um, Will speaks about often is that there all these artists, they were, so you have your Duchamp, you have your um, Abramovich, you have all these artists They were very key players in disrupting the art world. For example, he tells the story of how uh, Marina Abramovic. she was um I think she grew up in Serbia she was lying down on the grass and she saw these airplanes fly by and uh, they had their puffs of smoke that kind of followed and she just thought this was so amazing this is this is art so the next day she went to the military base like can you guys do that again because I'd like my friends to see this and they're like you're weird no we can't do it again this isn't something for you to just see and She was just, oh, this weirdo, go away. We don't want anything to do with this. And she eventually left her country. She was the crazy one. And I think it's like, don't be afraid to be the crazy person in the room with the crazy ideas. Um, Because same with Michel Duchamp. He wanted to ask very important questions. Why does art need to be beautiful? Why does the medium have to become before the idea? And so encapsulating it entirely in his urinal sculpture, asking very important ideas. So don't be afraid to disrupt. Don't be afraid to ask important questions through what you're making, because it's through doing that, then you shift. They shifted the art world entirely of what we understand. I mean, because of that, conceptual arts exists. Uh, Because of Marina, you have these incredible performance art pieces that exist because she allowed her crazy ideas just to happen and she changed performance art for tremendous amounts of people and for the art world. So disrupt, follow the crazy and see where it
1: leads. Mm. And that brings me to kind of our next point of the fact that artists don't fail or there's no failure in art per se, um, which... Is quite a debatable, I think, a debatable concept. But I think in this, I think I can fully agree with that. the The point that Austin Cleon makes about it is basically that you should make all the time, draw every day, or write every day, or do whatever every day, and know that it will suck for a while. He writes that very clearly. I love the way that he writes about that. It's not fancy. It's not academic. It's just like you're, it's whatever you do, it's going to suck for a while. You have to live with it. Um, but you feel better. You carry on, and you know, at the end of the day, you are going to get better because you have to go through that process. of It only sucks for you, really. I don't know if you've experienced that, but you know, you want to be able to draw or make or produce at a certain level. Um, you know, my stick figures are better than Jonathan's stick figures, but for me, they're not enough. So for me, that's a personal failure, but it's not a failure in a greater scheme of things. So carry on until. They don't suck anymore. and I love the way that he says that. It's just, it, there's no failure there. There's only progression. And our ability to learn to live with that is a huge victory, I think, in creative, being creative.
0: It's such a great lesson to learn. And it is definitely a lesson to learn of what is failure? What's the difference between failure and what's the difference between like progress? Um, because, I don't know, I think the the biggest thing that art school taught me is how to handle kind of constructive criticism because it's like okay no this isn't this isn't wrong this isn't failure but let's progress let's take a nested forward and will writes here it's like ses- success is very often down to plan b it's and i think we often this is kind of where the influences kind of can sometimes be a bit nasty it's like you look at all these people like oh my word they're doing so well and why can't i draw that way why can't i make a sculpture like that and it's, it's not a matter of like, it's never just going to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to make the really terrible print first and you have to make the really terrible sculpture first. And it's also a lesson in graphic designing and just designing in general. It's like your first layout is not going to be your final layout. And that's been a many lessons to learn. It's like get that second eye and you're going to learn and progress to kind of develop your eye and your visual language because I think all creative people at a point being like why am I even bothering this I keep failing I don't I'm not getting this right and I'm you're not necessarily maybe getting the recognition you want from other people but it's like keep going because failure isn't failure it's just a a journey yeah it's a personal
1: opinion I think often half the time and something that I've learned for myself is that it's no, it's very personal but I think that the question is not why can't I make why can't I draw like this person or why can't I make this sculpture but rather what do I have to do to get to this point and because I all I mean you're never going to draw like this you never get this you're never going to be a Rembrandt although I've actually seen like contemporary artists in South Africa that are basically for me the equivalent of wow their drawing skills are like ridiculous um but The question is not why can't I do that. It's what do I have to do um, or how far do I have to go to get to a place where I want to be, which is not to be exactly that artist or to draw exactly that way, but to draw or to do something the way that's good enough for you. And you actually, through that process, learn appreciation for your own skills. Because if you look at your notebooks or your sketchbooks or something from before, like maybe three or four years ago, and you're comparing things to where you are now I know Nana Fenter just posted on her Instagram something from 2009 Nana, and she was speaking about um or Anya Fenter she was speaking about progression and that you know everyone's coming from a place and no one started at mastery at the end you know we didn't all just we they weren't just masters people had to develop and grow and do the work to do that so I think for me that's just yeah where do you want to go is is the better question or how what do I have to do to get there
0: it takes time, sadly, I think, and it's the dedication to do so. As much as we kind of want it just to happen. It's never going to. I mean, we even we even spoke about it um in Z Zulu's podcast. It's like I was fangirling over her and I was like, Oh, I can't draw like that And it's like, No, it may set me straight and it's like no because if you want to draw like that and you if can. you want to you can. It's just that you need to dedicate the time and the energy to making that happen. And I think it shows that through the use of creativity, through the use of your influences and all of this, if you put in the hard work and the energy and take kind of this, the lesson that you're learning in these books, like you can make it happen and it can be amazing. And you can reach that point where you're like, I'm really confident in what I'm making.
1: Mm. And nothing comes from nothing, only something worthwhile will come from hard work, dedication, putting yourself out there. Um, going to do the research that you need to do because there's no there's no other way and actually like that you were saying unfortunately it doesn't just happen but I actually think we should change that to fortunately because there is just a there's huge appreciation that comes through the fact that um, you can do something because you've worked hard at it and you you can inspire and, and appreciate then when someone else is doing something equally amazing or even more amazing than what you're doing because you know the hardship that comes with pushing through and I I love that quality about artists or um, people who who maintain their creativity because the process of maintaining carrying on pushing through developing new imagery developing a new body of work for me is like the most incredible thing about artists it's something that you give up you and I think an artist gives up a million times throughout their life you never you, you sometimes say like what the hell am I doing why am I doing this should I be doing something else and then the next day you wake up and you've got a pencil in your hand and you're carrying on the journey and that for me is the most I respect that the most about artists the ability to carry on with what it is that they want to do and I think that brings us to also being confident like an artist the confidence is not always there but um maintaining confidence to believe in what it is that what you're pursuing
0: even if it's just, like, fake it till you make it, you know, it's, you, that's the thing, it's through the, I think it's, like, we're, kind of, working, it's, like, you follow all these, this journey, and as through that journey, you learn, okay, I'm actually confident in what I'm doing, be confident in that line that you're drawing, and be confident in your creativity, and I think you, kind of, only, I mean, I know I'm still struggling with that and I think a lot of artists and just creative people in general do because it's it's intimidating because you see all these other artists and you're like oh but that's so much better It's like no okay what I'm making is important there is value in what I'm doing and kind of take on the confidence of like Andy Warhol you know it's like so he knows exactly what he's well looks like it looks he knows what he's making and he's so proud of it you know and I think Be proud of what you're making and excited about what you're making. And I think that starts to kind of trickle through and other people will pick on that confidence. And that confidence is maybe just with you in your studio and being like, okay, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to make this and it's going to be great. And then the confidence to show it to the world, I think is also kind of a different thing. You can be confident of it in your own space, but confident for the world to see it, I think is also a great lesson to learn.
1: Definitely. And in Austin Kleon's book, um, The Steal Like an Artist, fake it till you make it never meant more to me because he writes um, two ways to kind of read the phrase. The one is pretend to be something you're not until you are. So that's the one thing. And, you know, fake it until you're successful and everyone is seeing you the way that you want them to. That's the one point. And then the second point is pretend to be making something until you actually make something. And to me, when I read that, and I read that, just reread it this morning in preparation for the podcast, but rereading, and I was like, yes, because I've been trying to make something, but you're not gonna make it until you make it. I mean, does that make sense? Is that just a crazy thought? Because it's like so clear. And it just never, it, it never meant more to me than what it does when I'm reading this book.
0: And I think it's so often, it's, oh like I really need to make this thing and I'll have that thought in my head for like months be like oh I just need to make it like oh but you always think oh there's no time there's this but then I sit down and actually was like why did I not do this sooner because like I had the thought and I had the vision it was so clear and I knew exactly how to do it but why did I delay and I think there's something that, that Will writes here it's like confidence is crucial artists don't seek permission to paint or write or act or sing they just do it And I think that's the lesson in the confidence of like, what is stopping you? Trust what you're making and trust that idea that you had. and Like make it, even if it's like that quick idea of like, oh, okay, cool. I have this wonderful idea. Let me, I think it's that acting on your ideas and acting on those aha moments. And when you find inspiration, like, oh, they did it like that. Oh, maybe I can mix this and this together and have something. So I think it's, we all have these ideas. We all have these influences, and we have the confidence in what we're making. But it's that final last step of putting pen to paper—that's the trick. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know just to kind of in with why I love
1: this book is that the whole way through it encourages you to carry on, carry on the journey. Like have you have the thoughts that you have every day. Like and you sit every day thinking, oh, I want to make this and I want to make that, but You should just do it. And I think that they also write in this book about just spending time either sitting, procrastinating, that you as an artist have to, okay, I want to make something. Okay, I'm going to come sit in my studio. I'm going to look at a blank sheet of paper. Eventually, I'm going to pick something up and just draw. So what I do now to kind of get through that, we call it creative block or whatever, but is to have a larger sheet of paper that I'm not actually trying to make into anything, and just make marks on it if it's a. Uh, I'll start a drawing on it and then maybe end it in my sketchbook or whatever. But just starting the process of not being precious about the thing that I'm producing because without that, doing that, I'm never gonna get anywhere. And I need a lot of encouragement in the sense of pushing myself to kind of commit to something. And then what happens all the time, every single time you do that, I've experienced this every single time, that. Something worthwhile always comes off of that sheet of paper. And then you wish, oh my gosh, I wish I would made this on a good piece of paper. But it would never have even got there if if I hadn't made it on the scrappy piece of paper. But it's just that kind of creates a procrastination that I'm putting myself through. Because I'm not going to get it when I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Um, It's not going to come to me if I often say, I want to make a pop-up. The only way to do it is to actually just take out the paper and the bone folder and the glue and make it. And then something might come from that.
0: I had a a funny thought to myself. Literally the other day, I had to um, make up a pop-up book sample, just for one page, like a pop-up sample uh, for a client. And it was 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, okay, let me just remind myself how to do the mechanism. And I just did it. And I was like, why don't I do this all the time? Mm Because I keep thinking, like, I'm going to make a pop-up book, but I need a plan and I need to do all these different steps, like, No, just have the paper, have the glue and watch the YouTube video and or the book handy and just make it. And then I made I made the pop up just like that. And like, I think there's this daunting thing is like if you have this idea, it needs to be like fully fleshed out and it has to be perfect. You have to have your Excel spreadsheet that has mapped it all out for you already. But like, no, it's like do it and get it done. And it's like it's not nearly as intimidating as what you think it's going to be.
1: Mm, it's very liberating, and I think that that's you know, the next the next thing that I think we want to finish off with this is just the practical application of getting those creative thoughts going. So both of our books teaching us to think and to do the things to, to encourage a mindset set of being creative, and Austin Lyon does um, provide certain tools that you can do that you can use to to kind of develop that creativity. And the one thing that he suggests is to carry a notebook, and I love this because. And to just jot down thoughts and um, observations of things that interest you in your immediate environment. And I would encourage to say it should be something that's not precious for you. It's something that's small that kind of fits into your pants pocket. Or, you know, you don't even need a bag because I'm getting over bags these days. But just something that's so easy to carry that's not, ooh, I don't want to make a mistake or whatever. But I love that, like jotting down observations. A cool hat that you've seen or funny shoes or you know, something that was something bizarre that someone said in a shopping center or something like that. So that for me was a great way. I mean, and we did have it in the artist way, the morning pages, which I just couldn't commit to because it's just so intensive. Um, and I don't feel, I mean, I, I do, I do want to do it, but it's, I find that having this little notebook and actually half the time, I only get to draw a little bit when I go to bed. And I take, I'm taking the Grace and Perry book and I'm like copying the figures from the book and End up with this amazing drawing and it took me five minutes in this little notebook that actually means so much but means nothing at the same time so I loved that and then the other thing that he also said was um, and I think that you relate to this as well as the research issue um, that you should always read and expand your knowledge of the things that interest you and that's you know the world of reading I think I don't know how many people read these days because it's so easy to find information and I'm not talking about I mean I suppose it could be online or whatever but there's nothing as nice as looking through pictures of books that you know people have compiled to curate a selection of of an idea for you so I love that I love that's what he says about you know how to encourage creativity
0: and that's why we have these book recommendations, because, I mean, a man I have such a love for the physical book. Um, as much as we also get our research from searching online and things, there's something that connects you so much to what you're reading physically and holding in your hands. And that makes these books so amazing, is that you, you're you connecting with them in a really special way. And that's what I really got uh, from this book, is that the, the research element, is that made me realize how much i love that research and learning about different artists and learning about their processes where they started their careers and all these different traits that they have and that for me has always been the biggest inspiration when i have my creative block it's like okay um i saw like you said a saw this really nice hat like um at the shopping center so okay what's the history of hats you know and you kind of go down a rabbit hole of things that intrigue you and i think then you land up having that like oh wow okay that designer this type of related to that artwork that so you have these stop building these connections of things and when you build these connections and then you go back to stealing those ideas you find what interests you you find these little anecdotes and then you bring them together and like oh what if I make an artwork about that or if I make a book about that, or I write about that. It's not necessarily about putting pen to paper. It's pen to paper and writing and poetry, and it can manifest in so many ways. But for me, it's it boils down to research and finding that inspiration and linking things together. And something that Will writes a lot about in the book is the artist's ability to kind of alter context and... It's where it's like you can take that hat that you saw in the shopping center and it can't just be a hat that you saw on someone. But that can become so much more. It could be a hat that you paint. It could be a very specific hat that has historical references. So it's the artist's ability to take everyday things, everyday thoughts, disrupt them, change their context, and it becomes something new. And for a lack of a better like or something original that, is also just a hat. Mm. I like doing
1: that as well when um, making images. Like, let's say, drawing a picture of a cat, surprise. And the cat is maybe brown and black in real life, but now I'm going to make the cat green. Like, it's something so simple. Or the cat is going to have tattoos. Or the cat is going to have something that's not real, but why not in your world? And I think that that's great. And then I think the, the, the thing that I want to end off with was just. What Austin Leon says is that you should make every day whatever it is that you do. There's no better um, time to start than now, and practice that every day, whatever it is. And and that it's just so it's so significant because if you do it every day, eventually after a year, and you've heard a lot of people, they always do this 365 day challenge or a, a thousand hours is is the thing. I think that um, Malcolm Gladwell writes about um, is That if you can apply yourself to something for that amount of hours, um, you are going to improve. And that's what you want to see for yourself. So do it every day and see what happens at the end of it. I mean, that's an interesting process to go through. That's, That's a challenge, I suppose, for our listeners to do something that they love for an extended period of time and to let us know what happened.
0: Yeah see what happens and I mean we'd love to see because I mean I know so many people that carry around their notebooks I know mine is with me almost 24 7 but like send us snaps from like how your notebook looks that travels with you day to day you know I think that's Because so often I think we buy notebooks and we're like, oh, we're going to write something so magical in them. We're going to draw something great. But I think the best approach to a notebook is this is going to be used. Use those pages. So if you guys have any cool snaps of your notebooks, send it to us. We'd love to see it. But I think the, the best lesson, I think, in these is that we all have these traits of a lot of these artists and we have the ability to be creative. And I think the biggest thing is as we all see things differently, no one's, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to take the same um, inspiration from these books that it may is, but I think that's the beauty of it, that we all see the world differently and it's just about having the courage and the, the kind of, the, the energy and willingness to disrupt things and just move forward with it and trust your own creativity and visual eyes and that's why it's fun to talk about it as well no arguing
1: in this podcast luckily um, but i think that's it for today and thank you so much for listening and we look forward to seeing the things that you've worked through in your creative process and like you said send us your things and i also want to see drawings from then and now because that for me is like really encouraging and we'd like to put those up on our blog if we get them um, and we'll see you next time see you guys next time bye, bye. For more information on the platform, visit our website choppedliversociety.com and like us on Facebook and
0: Instagram, and bring your friends. And this podcast was produced by Jonathan Bell at Bell Studios in Johannesburg.